Oh, that is right, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. The EPL boys are back in your ears, rightfully rightfully where we belong. As always, my name is Matt with my best friend through the internet, JD. JD, we are back. We survived another weekend. Somehow, some way, we have recovered, and it's Monday again. I feel like I blinked four times this weekend, JD. That's one more than I usually get. Yeah, I mean, that's because you're probably looking forward to next weekend. As am I. I'm glad this weekend went quickly. We oh are one God. more day until we're we're, we're going to talk about it r- right off the bat. Honestly, I think we should talk about. It. We always talk about it at the end, but like let's t- let's take a minute and talk about what we're doing next weekend because I think you will now be there, right? The conversation has officially went from I to we because the mighty, the greatest commissioner in all of sports. Oh, he's yes. oh, he's great. Yeah, he's the greatest, the best. Love him, love him, Donnie, Donnie, D-garbs, my guy. D-garbs. Uh, uh, the Red Bull, yes, have a home game, which kind of threw a wrench in everything because, oh, no, what's going to fucking happen with FanFest in Philadelphia next week? So, yeah, me sitting here on the edge of my seat going, how the fuck is this all going to happen? What is expected to be the first week of the playoffs? So the Red Bull did win on Saturday or Sunday. Yay, I get to host the playoff game. Pretty cool. First time since 2018. But... I had to sit there on my hands and wait an entire almost 24 hours to get confirmation that the Red Bull are going to be the noon kickoff on Saturday, which, yes, not ideal, but it does open the window for me being there at least on Sunday for FanFest, which I am super fucking happy about. Funny enough, JD, we were talking about FanFest and we were talking about Philly. And when we Where were talking are we about sleeping? <laughs> and, I, and when talking about Philly, there is someone we need to talk about. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, our favorite... Arsenal fan, our favorite podcast host, Kevin Pettit from Lads is joining us here today. Kevin, we are going to all be together in Philly. God, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) Well, you know, you'll be staying with the Prince of Philadelphia, I suppose. Hey, guys, thank you again for uh, having me on. I'm excited to to be your host. I'm going to be cleaning up my room that's still full of boxes and getting some air mattresses. Hopefully we'll have the spare bed and everything delivered on Wednesday. So yeah, I'm excited to have all you degenerates over at my place. It'll be a lot of fun. How many people is it going to be? Cause we're thinking, uh, what is it? It's like, you guys, Neil, Logan. Um, oh yeah. Shit, I forgot Logan's flying up for this. I completely forgot about that. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be there. Um, I think I'm picking him up from the airport. And then I know like a bunch of my boys from South Jersey, a couple other Philly people will all be meeting up. Uh, I don't know. Oh, they'll yeah. be staying at my place, but I don't know. We're going to have a big, a pretty good crew of like, you know, probably like 10 to 15 people at least. Um, oh, yeah. But staying at my place, I only think it's like five or six. I think that's all we can really fit. And I could ask, you know, my wonderful partner, Leah, to allow. So, <laughs> you know, I got to make I got to make room for my darling cat, Theodore and everybody. So hope hope everyone will be OK with that. Oh, yeah, I'm cuddling. Oh, I'm cuddling, I'm cuddling uh, with Theo. Yeah, I me. just just I can't wait to sleep exactly 45 minutes because don't we have to be in line just at like 4 a.m. Four. Or something? Yeah, don't even sleep. We're, we're going to get trashed Saturday night. Don't even sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah. uh What's it called? Because I know we're going. So who you, I'm going both days because I know some people sign up for both days. I'm Are you guys? Days. So yeah. you're going both days too? Okay. Um, I'm gonna be. Yeah, I'm just gonna be there just for Sunday. So it's it's gonna be fun. It's going to be fun. But yeah, the the best part about it, everyone, is we are going to be recording but stuff for the social media. We're going to be recording stuff on the day of, interviewing people, talking to people from all different fan bases. We're going to ask some questions. We're going to have some fun. We are going to have a lot, a lot of fun. Um, my goal is strictly to just get a picture with Rebecca Lowe. That's all I want. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of what I want too. That's that's to be to to have a photo with the queen of all Premier League is probably like top ten in my life right now. And I yeah, I don't see why that can't happen. I mean, I assume that there's gotta be something set up for it, but whatever. Here nor there. <laughs> 
Gentlemen, we had a very, very exciting weekend in the Premier League this weekend. Now, uh, for those who don't know, which you all should, Kevin Pettit runs the single most successful Premier League soccer podcast to ever exist on the planet Earth. (laughs) Uh, We are going to let Kevin plug everything at the end of the episode, but Kevin is as knowledgeable, if not more knowledgeable than us two gentlemen, and he's way more professional. I guarantee that. Um, well, I don't we know are, about that. You're being yeah, I, really, really nice right now, Matt. <laughs> right, well, I'm, I'm trying. And, and he doesn't steal soccer memes on Instagram. Never. Oh, def- They're no. all original. <laughs> yeah. Every single last one. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so we are going to be talking about the Premier League games this weekend. Uh, we're going to uh, definitely dive into the massive game that happened uh, on, if I'm not, yeah, it happened on Sunday uh, between Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, Kevin being a massive Arsenal fan. JD being the resident Liverpool fan this we are we're going to dive in but guys we got to start at the beginning of the uh, week first game on Saturday Bournemouth 2 Leicester City 1 guess what guys guess what everybody in the universe Brendan Rodgers team had a lead do you know what happened to the Brendan Rodgers team that had a lead they fucked it up they, uh, they it, JD and Kevin at least he still got his job right how how does this man <laughs> still have work Okay, like you realize I, I, I don't fucking get it. You had a lead, you looked good, and then you just turned it off. Second half, just turned it off. I, I JD, I'm going to have you start with this, but please shed some light because Bortmouth did have a great second half. But how, how, why does this continue to happen to Leicester? They just like, they're terrible. Dude, that's why they're 20th in the league. Bournemouth is eighth in the league, by the way. Can yeah, you believe that? If you didn't know, now you know. Now, some teams do have games in hand, and that kind of, you know, that that does come into play a little bit with those with the mid-table places right now. But still, Burnmouth are kind of cooking. They're kind of cooking. And I I'm not I'm not saying like I, I think Leicester should win this game. They have the quality on the pitch, but they just haven't been all season. They, this has been happening all season long. I don't know how Brendan Rodgers has not been fired. It's it's incredible at this point. I I I don't think he can be fired. I think he's unfireable. I I think I think he has something on the the Leicester board. Like I I just I think he is unfireable at least this season at this point. I for me I feel as though uh, it's like the Adam Sandler you blew it. Like I feel like I just hear that over and over again when it comes to Lester and blowing these leads, man. And I, my biggest thing is one, Scott Parker's still hot and hot guys always come back. Um, that's just a fact. Um, and for me, like I, I do agree with JD that like Brendan Rogers and you guys, like how does he still have a job? But for Lester, like, is this like, I mean, besides like Claudio Ranieri, obviously, but like, is this, who are they going to get to replace him? At this point, like, at, like Brendan, Tuchel, Ro- are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's just sitting there to be grabbed, obviously, but I don't know. If, <laughs> but I don't know if Thomas would go like I'm not saying it's a step down because he just went from PSG to Chelsea. Like Lester is a, not to be offensive to all the Foxes fans, but like, you know, kind of a step down. But like, who are you going to get? And the amount of money investment, I think they have like a five year plan, it seems like. And that's why they don't want to get rid of them. And they think, though, if we can just stick this out and continue what we're doing. But, you know, my heart goes out to James Madison, man. That guy is every week just laying it out there on the line, performing great, not getting picked by Southgate, you know, and it's a uh, it's a bit ridiculous. So I don't know. It's just it's just something in them where like in the past, like Lester would get the lead and then, you know, be like, oh, OK, yeah, that's the match. Now you just you can't you can't blink on this one. And it, it it literally, for Leicester, it's coming down to, like, individual performances at this point. Like, yes, James Madison has been phenomenal. He's been a standout. Like, at this point, and I'm glad one of my takes finally fucking hit, ever, saying Jamie Vardy, this would be the season he hit the wall. I mean, JD, Jamie Vardy is a shell of the man. But it, it, James Madison being basically the lone standout. Um Ward right now is easily in the top contention for being probably the worst goalkeeper in the league. Like he's just, I mean, he's, he's bad. Like he is, his positioning is terrible. Uh, him go, like that one goal he gave up the second goal. What are you doing? 
Like he's flopping around like a fish out of water and he's just all over the place. This team doesn't look good. Johnny Evans way past his prime at this point. I mean, he is just looking very, very poor and you're just getting inconsistency from every single like position. And at the same point, I don't want to take anything away from Portmouth. What Portmouth is doing is really great. Like outside of one really bad game against Liverpool, Bournemouth are fucking around. They are they are literally a team that is fucking around and trying to find out. And honestly, that's a lot of fun seeing some of the new guys come up and try to cause some hell. So you have two separate storylines now coming from this this game. Bournemouth is on the up, and honestly, it's not a team I'd like to play at this exact moment in time. And Leicester is the team that teams in the championship want to swing at at the moment. Like. Uh, there are probably five or six teams in the championship right now that would love a shot at playing Leicester right now. So we are going to have to see what happens, but guys, we are on to the next game. Chelsea three wolves, nothing. This is a game that was awkwardly one-sided. It it really, really was. Wolves had very few chances. were very, very limited in this game, but Kevin, I'm going to start with you first. Any day Christian Pulisic scores America wins. It's got to feel good for us all. Right? Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. I uh, I don't know. I've been kind of hard on Christian lately. And, you know, uh, credit's due when it's due, man. Like, he had a very, very great performance in this. Uh, a man of the match performance. Uh, I, I really do feel as though uh, when uh, Christian scores, obviously, us as Americans, we all get very elated, excited, and everything like that. But... I don't know. I just felt like this was a match where, like you said, the only real highlight for me was like Adama Traore. And, you know, he's just he's for Wolves anyway, like feels like he was anyone. But just felt like this never got out of hand at any moment. And you got to be excited as a Chelsea fan seeing, you know, the Havertz (laughs) on the score sheet, who I think I've been way more critical of based on like what you know what we thought his ceiling was going to be but yeah i i really don't have too much to say about this i'm just excited for graham potter looking all you know confused in his press conferences have you guys watched his press conferences like when people are asking him questions he's just like looks like he has no idea what's happening like he doesn't know like what uh like he's what sport he's coaching it's kind it's kind of funny yeah, he's he's currently in that awkward position of no one has ever asked Graham Potter like the big boy questions before. I think he's right. now in like you are not coaching Brighton, you are not coach, coaching in the Swedish league anymore. You are coaching one of the t- probably 10 most like top 10 expensive clubs in the world. You are going to and you're in the heart of London. You are that's like coaching the Yankees. Like it's the, the we're talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Yankees right now. The Diamondbacks press room is not as full as the Yankees press room. So I, yeah, they, were, I they were good in the early 2000s. Come on. Oh my god. Nate, like <laughs> just I, like even, the Yankees. Nice, yeah. JD. You're a baseball guy. I see that. <laughs> big, oh yeah, big, I'm, I'm a big baseball guy. I always big, knew that yeah. about you. Baseball. Big baseball guys. <laughs> I hate um, fucking hate baseball. So JD, a question that I actually, you know, Kevin did start, but I want to bring on to you. It's something I was thinking about while watching this game is how long can Chelsea go with Kai Havertz being in that kind of number nine position? Because honestly, the way they set up, it's seeming like Kai Havertz is playing that lone sole striker position. And in in the past, in the Bundesliga, he didn't play any further up besides a cam. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they're trying to convert him. <laughs> um, they're seeing that like, buying a huge money number nine like a new one i should not say kai havertz wasn't a big money signing he certainly was but lukaku didn't work out Morata didn't work out obomiang is not the answer i and they ruined my boy timo verner yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. timo verner as well um I, I think they're just trying to make kai havertz be that guy because they already have him at the same time to that point you got armando broja back from loan he played pretty well for Southampton, and now he gets on the score sheet in this game. First senior goal for Chelsea. He's been at this club since he was eight. I think you give him a run. I'm not. I'm not saying he's necessarily the answer. I just. I. I think you give him a. You give him a run of games. I don't know what their what their their schedule looks like coming up, but I, I, give yeah. give him opportunities. His goal he took in this game was very good. I mean, he looked very good in this game when he came on. So I, I just he's he's a young player. 
knows the Chelsea system. It's crazy when Chelsea don't fucking sell these guys. Like you look at Connor Gallagher is suspended right now, but they do well on loan. You bring him back and you actually fucking play him. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? And let me tell you this. Looking at the head of that schedule, they have Milan midweek. He's not going to get in that game. Yeah, no, no. But Aston Villa on Sunday. Right, start him. Yeah, start him. Play him then. That is that is 100% a game Brozier should be getting some playing time with. So, again, um, uh, for the Wolves fans, I apologize. There's no talking point here for you. Um, Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah, Diego Costa. Diego Diego Costa running around for, you know, 45, 50 minutes. Good, good, Good on him, but... Like it, it. I think Wolves need a lot more than an aging striker. I, I think they need help, and they need help in like more than one place. Um, it, it's hard to take a team like Wolves seriously when you trade away your co- captain like Connor Cody like that. Like that, I still don't. I think that's like an irreplaceable like like release. If that makes any sense, like you're not going to fill his shoes immediately. So. We're going to have to see what happens. Uh, but another uh, top team blew out another one of the little guys. Manchester City 4, Southampton nothing. Cancelo, Foden, Mares, and oh yeah, this guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Holland. Holland. Has anyone here on this podcast? I, I would have believed of? that. Yeah, I would have like, believed that too. If you're yeah. like, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I, I don't know how to pronounce. Holland. 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 It's fucking my, Josh yeah. from Mr. Meaty. I can't yeah. I can't say that enough. Um yeah. Majin so, Boo. Majin so, Boo. <laughs> JD, our conversation last week was how many? Because this we knew this game wasn't going to be close. The game was how many. We both said that the over-under was around six and a half. I said the <laughs> yeah. over. Oh, um, I put money on that shit. I lost. Yeah. Damn it. Oh uh, well. I didn't to, even I didn't even realize that. Sorry, sorry to bring you back memory lane, but yeah. Um Damn, I gotta stop doing that. Southampton <laughs> played the load block and just city were like, okay, cool. And then that that was the game. Like that that was the game. JD, I I really don't have anything else to describe about this game. That was the game. City yeah. played basically all 10 guys in Southampton side of the ball. Southampton didn't do shit. Um, yeah, you could say it about just about any of the players on Match City, but uh, Jao Cancelo, good, good at football, confirmed. Confirmed. The I mean, you, the, boys you could say that about anybody on that team, but I just, just looking at this game, it's like, oh yeah, Cancelo, that's right, he is confirmed, very, very good at football. Yeah, uh, Kevin, if you want to chime in, is there any takeaway from this game that you kind of want to bring to the surface? Um. Well, for starters, I thought it was kind of funny because I was looking over the fixtures and you're like, oh, a top team beating up on the little guy. I thought we were going to talk about Newcastle-Brentford. <laughs> oh, they're next. Oh, they're next. Oh, that's jumping ahead. I was jumping ahead. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I, I, again, this is another one where this was over very quickly and you kind of expected it from this city squad who are playing out of their mind with Holland. And honestly, like, when I see Holland only scoring one goal now, I mean, the expectations have changed so dramatically. I saw this the other day. I forget who said it, so I'm sorry for not quoting correctly, but like Holland has broken our minds. What Holland is doing this season is not only record breaking, but it is just changing how we feel about stats and what goals mean uh, for a player. Like for example, that was brought up Harry Kane, who we'll get to with his goal this weekend is on eight goals in eight games. That's fucking crazy. That is an unreal stat line where everywhere else we will be talking about golden boot winning. Unbelievable. What do you, we don't even give a shit <laughs> like a shit about whatever Harry Kane is doing besides like Spurs fans. But in the greater soccer media, he's not even a talking point where Holland is easily just making light work of our farmers league, apparently of a premier league. So um, again, I love seeing Phil Foden on the score sheet. I think his goal scoring is very underrated. Um, and I just think this team is going to win the premier league by 10 or 15 points. I know we're going to get to my arsenal uh, and the other title challengers. I, I don't think it matters. I think they're just uh, unbelievable and ridiculous. So do you, uh, did you see that clip from the Saturday social thing? Um from the beginning of the season where I, I, the, he's like a regular on the show on YouTube. And he likes, he was saying like, it's disrespectful to the establishment that Holland will win the golden boot. He'll maybe score 12, 13, 14 goals. Oh, uh, are you talking <laughs> about Rory? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I watched the kickoff sometime where he's with like oh True Jordy and all oh, those guys. So funny. Um, I've posted several memes of him in terms of cold takes exposed. He is like <laughs> uh, at the height right now when it comes to Holland. Because he was like, <laughs> He was like, right, mate. Like, it's obvious he's not that. He doesn't sound like this. But he's British. So let's, let's say he sounds like this. He's like, right, mate. He, th- it's obviously going to be Eric Kane or uh, Mohamed Salah. Like, uh, we, this no, he's is just, just his, his line of it's disrespectful to the establishment. <laughs> yeah, he that, went on to that say Erling also, Holland like, will come in and 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 terrorize the league. Like, no, no, you're, no, 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 you're no, exactly right. He said the establishment, but he also mentioned in that same quote, it, it was really bad. <laughs> I, I remember, it, I've read it. He also like, mentioned bro, that it already it's, has fifteen goals. <laughs> it's it's very insulting to other established players as well, <laughs> saying that like that's insulting to Harry Kane or Mohamed Salah or any of these other guys. Hey man, I'm going back to back years. I don't normally pick Golden Boot winners, but like last year I picked Lukaku. Wow, that's that was horrible. That was really bad of me. And then this year I think I picked Salah and Harry Kane again, which are I think I picked yeah I picked Salah too. I, I have my notes right below my computer. I could see Golden Boot Salah. <laughs> I mean, I think Martin had a similar, and Martin's fully come out, uh, co-host the Lads podcast, shout out. He fully came out and was like, yeah, I don't think, you know, it's going to be tough for it. Like, he had not as bad as a Rory quote on our pod, but it wasn't far off. And he's fully come out and been like, nope, totally fucking missed that. <laughs> I, I do also have offensive breakout player of the year is Erling Holland, so I'll take some credit there. <laughs> take it. Yeah, I, I my biggest thing at Nobody the beginning of the season. Well, well, my biggest thing at the beginning of the season was can he stay healthy? Because I know in Erling Holland's past, you know, he has ran into some injury issues. So the big thing for me was can can he stay healthy for a full Premier League season? And having the depth that Manchester City have, it's it's starting to look like I mean eventually. I, I, maybe his fantasy Premier League owners are not going to want to hear this, but we're starting to get to that time of the year where Pep just plays Russian roulette with his starting 11. So, you know, I, I honestly thought today was, I thought against Southampton would have been the first, oh shit, Holland's not in the lineup game. Like, cause I just think that this, no matter who played striker for Manchester City, they were going to get multiple goals. So, what's you up? also, you also don't have to worry about Holland in the World Cup. Oh, that, see, that, there, that that's is, the thing, like, that's an X factor that a lot of teams who have that player who doesn't play for the big nation, who like that is going to be. Such... And it's going to play at least three games in the World Cup. Like... Yeah, like it, it, it. It's massive. It's ma- and even if they don't play, like that's the part that sucks the most. Imagine going to the World Cup, but you don't play, so you still have to travel, you still have to train, you still have to do all that, but you're flying to another part of the world. It's just time away from your club. And then, of course, it spoils it when you don't even get a minute. Because there are guys, there are plenty of players who travel for their team and then never see the actual field, which is just, it, it's heartbreaking. But, yeah, um, yeah, give the deadliest striker in the world three, you know, three to five weeks to perfect, uh, perfect his craft. We are so fucked. Newcastle 5, Brentford 1. Um this game was good for a little bit of time, but this, uh, I, I hate saying this cause this kind of hurts me a little bit. And Kevin, I'll start you off first. Who's the best Bruno in the premier league? Cause I'm starting to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair to say, I mean, I, I think Bruno Fernandez is still probably the best Bruno. So just, just to make you, I'm not, even, I'm not yes. just saying that as your friend or to make uh, you feel better. Oh, I'm um, gonna I'm gonna sleep so nice tonight on well, the back of those words. It's not Bruno Lage anymore. Oh, well, it's definitely not Bruno Lage anymore. <laughs> no, but to be honest, like I think uh, you know after the uh, VAR uh, turn for Brentford, I I felt as though uh, things just truly got out of hand, and like uh, like the manager said that you know a goal can really change the tides of a match, and for me. I felt as though once that happened, uh, the momentum uh, definitely like the air out of Brentford definitely came out. And then Newcastle just hopped on that. I love seeing Almiron on the score sheet. That's really, really cool. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, Bruno Gamera, like great, unbelievable performance. And this Newcastle side popped up to fifth place just a year and a half after being taken over Saudi ownership. I really do think uh, just give this team, I don't know, Two more years? Is that too long? 
two more years. Is that too long? Like, and I think they'll be challenging top six easily each year. I mean, based on the funding and what they're, what Eddie Howe is cooking. Yeah. And I think two years, they might be challenging for champions league spots, not just top six. I'm saying champions league spots because Eddie Howe has proven if you can back him financially, he can coach good players. And that's a very big thing because that was the biggest talking point when he was at Bortmouth all those years ago is, well, he can coach the little guys. Can he coach the big guys? He's proving that he's doing the right thing. And no one thought Newcastle would be doing this. No one thought that they would be going out and getting semi-big, semi-unknown names, throwing them into the system and stuff like that. Like, Isak's a massive signing. And, and you know, and stuff. He was linked like, to Barcelona. It, it, the fact that people are buying into jumping on this Newcastle train is massive. And if Eddie Howe seems to be the player manager, we all think he is. Yeah, dude, this team, Newcastle might be a, again, they're always a fun team for me to watch. I like watching Newcastle because it always is something interesting. I love Miguel Almarone. The MLS connection is phenomenal. When St. Maximum is healthy, he's easily a top five, like a most electric footballer. So, but JD, other side of the turn. Brentford, this is more drop points. Thomas Frank looks like he might be losing control. Is there anything that Brentford can do right now to sh- like to kind of right this ship? So I, here's the thing. Brentford are a good team. They have a bunch of really good players. Ivan Tony, he's might be getting a little fed up that they haven't been performing the way they have because I think Tony has been performing. I mean, it, I mean, yes, he scored a penalty, but. I think he is the, he is the guy that consistently performs. And when the rest of the team doesn't, I it's, it's not good. I will say in this game, Brentford shot themselves in the foot. This, this on, on paper, it's like, okay, yeah, Newcastle, they bossed Brentford the whole way. Five, one, honestly, three of the goals were completely Brentford mistakes. I mean, you look at the Jacob Murphy goal, uh, apps, uh, just awful goalkeeper pass from Raya. Miguel Amaron's goal, awful back pass from the one defender, and then the Pinnock own goal is, you know, it's an own goal, so it's a mistake. 2-1 looks a little bit better, but but three really bad mistakes leading to goals. Uh, and I mean just really bad. If you haven't watched them, go watch them. It's they're really bad. So I I don't know. That that is a bigger issue, I think, with Brentford right now. I, I think they were playing a, a an electric Newcastle side that is in great form right now. So that's always going to be tough. But when you give them three perfect opportunities to just tack on goals, it doesn't help. So I don't know. I don't know where Brentford go from here. It's going to be tough. Cause you look at it, they're currently 11th. So it's not panic button yet. And I still think they have the pieces to definitely stay that middle of the table, maybe just below the middle of the table, but it, you got to start plugging holes now. You got to plug holes before that January transfer window because that window is going to be your lifeline to bringing in the emergency personnel you need to stay here in the Premier League for another season. So again, kind of like we were talking about before, this is a game where two teams are going in opposite directions and it's really interesting to see where those storylines will play out. Next game, final game of Saturday, Brighton 0, Tottenham 1. The lone goal scored by Harry Kane um, I'll take the first swing at this and either one of you gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong. Fuck this game. Brighton had about every opportunity under the motherfucking sun to take advantage of a very mm. open Spurs side and Spurs literally got one goal off of a deflected Harry Kane header. And that was literally the game. I, I, I JD, I'll have you start this one off first. Am I wrong? Am I am I incorrect no. for saying what I'm saying? No, this this game absolutely sucked. Harry Kane proves once again that he's a bullshit, selfish player. Um, Min Son had that goal. Yeah, he, he lined up that shot, and Harry Kane just throws his body unnecessarily in the way. And Zero. thank God for his for his benefit that it got it went in because he did not need to intervene. It was going in. Zero he's, zero need because. Son is on your fantasy team, right? None. Re- regardless. 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 But uh, honestly, Kevin, I'll, I'll swing it to you really quickly. Harry Kane, as you described before, this is another goal. He's having quietly a very, very good year. 
is this enough to save Tottenham in games like this where they are the second best team yet find a way to pull all three points? Yeah, man, Brighton are a respectable team. Very, very respectable. And even after losing their manager, they've proven that, you know, they have a system after losing some of their best players. Um, Gross, Trossard, Danny Walbeck. Just it's just one of those days. A lot of players talk about it. It's just like just didn't happen for him. Lewis Dunk had like a really good quote afterward being like, you know, we pinned them in. We did everything we could. And just like it, it just goes back to Conte's resistance, this Spurs resistance squad. And again, like that was a whipping, I guess, was a shot. I would I, I get from Son. I, I, they I had guess. a great angle from behind the goal. It was it was hitting that back corner. I could. OK. See. Okay, I I Robert Sanchez I, had no had no chance. I guess I haven't seen that angle. I would have said a cross, but again, like I'll take your word for it, JD. Um, but again, like it's Conte ball, baby. That's what he does. It's very Josie Mourinho esque at times. He will scrap out a one nil where you'll be pulling out your hair at the end of the match, being like, "How the fuck did we lose that game?" The, all the all the Brighton players are sitting there in that in that locker room, just you know, with their head held down, being like, "There's no way, like." We should have won that by like three nil, and you know it just, it's it's the beautiful game, baby. That's what happens sometimes. Man, I, I just you bring up Josie Ball, and I'm just like, oh my god, I can only I can I can't count the amount of times you know Josie for United alone, much less his entire career. His team was just the worst team, yet they found a way to win win one nothing. So yeah, but um, a, a touching moment at the beginning of the um game uh a, a nice uh round of applause uh for tottenham's fitness uh, fit, uh fitness coach who passed away of leukemia uh during the week uh gian piero uh apparently he was someone who's worked with antonio conte for many many years of his career uh conte was in tears like he was actually crying like if you didn't watch the game or you didn't see it like before the game when they were doing the round of applause it was it was quite touching because like Usually you see grown men standing there strong and proud, but you, you saw Antonio Conte, I mean, full of tears. And it, it looks like this game, even though Tottenham were, in my opinion, across the field, much the second best team, it you could see how much it meant to them. It meant to their fans, Hugo Lloris holding up the jersey to the away traveling fans, them chanting his name. It was it was touching. It, it was really touching. And it And as Kevin said before, these are all just factors of the beautiful game and, and, and you really, you really got to love it. So let's head on over to Sunday. Uh, Crystal palace two leads one uh, Edward and Eze both getting on the goal sheet uh, for crystal palace. JD, I did call this before man, crystal palace. I thought they would give the edge. I thought they had that little bit extra and it was that little bit extra that kind of saw this over the line. This Patrick Vieira crystal palace side is so fun to watch. Yeah, um, it is. I think Chris Wiles are a great team. I I have questions about Jesse Marsh. Um, not overall, just in this game specifically. He took Brendan Aronson off at 1-1. Now, I, I'm not just saying this because he played for the Philadelphia Union uh, or he's American. I'm saying it because he's probably their best player. He's their most energetic player. He is the guy that starts attacks. He's the reason they scored the first goal. I mean, Medford Messi, he fucking looked like it on that goal. And he didn't even fucking score. I don't understand why Marsh saw, I think it was in like the 79th minute or the 75th minute or something like that. Because it was 30 seconds before Palace scored the second goal. I, I just, I don't get it. Why would you take off your most creative, your most energetic player at a very crucial moment of the game? That's I, that's my well, not my biggest takeaway, but other than that, I think Palace really did power back, and I, I think that's what they can do to teams like Leeds. That you you take your foot off the gas, and a good team coached very well is going to take advantage. Yeah, and you know what? Let let me take this on, and let me throw this now to you, Kevin. You know, we're talking about two coaches who, in my opinion whether success happens this year or not, you're looking at two managers who can affect the English game. These are guys who are probably going to be around for a very, very long time. If, if you were to start 
if you were to start a club, you're you're the new general manager. Which one of these guys would you want to be your caretaker day one? Oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, let's see. Um, so, can we go through the managers one more time? Sorry, I was I, I just got like a really important text from somebody. Can no, can no, you repeat good. that? You're I'm good. sorry. It's Patrick Vieira. It's Jesse Marsh. You're yes, yes, club. yes, yes. Yeah. Who 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 are you asking to be your manager day one? I love Vieira, man. And that's not only just the Arsenal bias. I think he's just a very gritty, fun guy. He's not an American hate as well. I just feel as though Jesse Marsh has kind of done some bonehead stuff already this season that, you know, he's done a lot of like, you know, electrifying things, especially with Aronson as a weapon. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. he's been really been able to uh, use him. I feel like Patrick Banford's also not exactly lighting it up as we'd all hope for leads as well. Um, but I don't know. I like Patrick Vieira. I like how he sets up his squad. I love that every, I, I feel as though the top, the big six and even other respectable clubs in this uh, league, look at Patrick Vieira and they go, okay, if we're going to sell Selhurst Park, we're going to have to earn all three points. He is respectable, and I feel as though everyone goes in there knowing it's not going to be a walk in the park. They they find as though he is an intimidating manager, not only in stature, but in the way he sets up his teams. I keep saying it. This is not Roy Hodgins' Crystal Palace anymore, boys and girls. This is <laughs> this is this is the new wave of Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, I I and I can't stop saying it enough. Both of these teams are an absolute joy to watch. Uh, always love Jesse Marsh, the Red Bull connection. I, I will always have with him. But Patrick Vieira has completely flipped the identity of this Crystal Palace side. And it's so fun to see Crystal Palace competitive. Uh, I will heed warning to Leeds. Start fixing things now, Jesse. Because the Premier League is a cruel, cruel motherfucker. And if you don't fucking start fixing these holes now... It, your tenure will not be long. And it and I hate to put the pressure of America on your back, but American managers have not had the greatest reputation here in the Premier League. And Jesse, we really don't need another bad take. We 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 need we need Jesse Marsh to succeed. Okay, well, Bob Bradley is not a good example. So <laughs> uh, well, you know what? It, unfortunately, he, he was he was never a good coach before. Yes, but somehow got his hands on a Premier League coaching I job. I I don't know. I, I they were drunk over in Swansea. But hey, hey, how did hey <laughs> how did you get? It's it's the meme of the guy in the tree. Hey, how did you get up there? <laughs> I fell. Um, <laughs> West Ham three, Fulham one. Uh, this game was a little bit more self-explanatory. Um, an early early goal from Fulham, um, but would be absolutely canceled out by three. Very good goals. Very good goals. Um, Bowen, Skamaka, and Antonio all getting on the goal sheet. Kevin, I'll have you start this off first. David Moyes, it's another masterclass, right? Well, he needed one. Yeah, can we talk about how David Moyes is also should have probably been there with Brendan Rodgers on the hot seat? Our yeah. good friend Brian Carpenter, B-Carbs, has mentioned several times, like, what is going on? He's a massive Hammer fan. What is going on with uh, Mikel Antonio, Suchek, all our great players? What I, you know, Declan Rice, the best uh, center defensive mid in the world. Like, okay, um, you know, there's a lot of questions around this squad, and they were very poor. Had been in the relegation spot, I I believe, or at least close to it this whole season. It felt like. Oh, oh yeah. And you know, I think this was a definite definite need for this team and Jared Bowen as we've seen last year was a phenomenon I felt as though he should have had an English call up as well he was so so good um and I don't know I I think you know uh Fulham's whole tactics feels as though it's revolved around Mitrovic which is fine that's cool that's who what you want to do as your identity but uh I feel as though West Ham has more the firepower has a better manager and a lot more uh resources to you know lead on the bleeding on them exactly i mean uh, uh, honestly it really it, it really comes down to that you know this was a massive 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 result for west ham and honestly it, you're happy to see it but jd i want to stay on west ham because fulham you know it, kevin made a very good point 
they are a Mitrovic heavy side. It's they are a one trick pony. It is what it is. But I for, I don't know Pereira. Remember him? Uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the greatest Brazilian to ever come out of the United Academy ever, <laughs> ever. For, for fuck's sake! Like I, 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 I'm not looking it up now. I don't want to look it up now. Has Pereira <laughs> scored a senior goal for Man United? Like yeah, no, he, no, he definitely has. He has he. Yeah, he, he definitely did. Okay, I definitely no, no, no. I definitely remember him scoring like one or two goals. I think. Oh I yes, think, no. I think we talked no, about you're it. You're right. Yes, like back yes. in the day. Yes, no, I remember. He only scores bangers. Doesn't score easy ones. He's strictly like Ruben Neves, where like the only goals you're gonna get are from 35 yards out on my weak foot. Like you're either getting the Big Mac Supreme size meal or you're getting nothing. Like there is no in between and the ice cream machine is always broken but jd skamaka i want to talk about skamaka gets the nod in this game played overall in my opinion very 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 well david Moyes has got to stick with this guy as his number nine right well what i'll say is yes skamaka deserved a start and he played very well that being said mikhail antonio came on and his goal was very good yeah, but so. it, it, it but are, is at this point Antonio's position strictly as a sub option Impact where sub, yes. like yes. come yes. on for 15 minutes, cause hell, be the biggest, you know, be the biggest body on the field, and maybe you get a scrappy goal. Yes, hundred percent. I just think maybe this is also I have Mikhail Antonio on fantasy as well. It's like, oh yeah, you should just start him. <laughs> I need that extra point, okay? I need. I do, I do, dude. I would have beaten any other. I'm playing Neil this week, and he just he scored like 75 fucking points, and I lost, and I would have beaten every single other person in the goddamn league. Ridiculous. <sighs> this, is, this is why I stay away from fantasy. But all right, let's get into the main topic, the big event of the weekend: Arsenal three, Liverpool two. This was literally. Just a heavyweight bout of two teams swinging haymakers at each other for 90 freaking minutes. And we had and contact. And we had contact. We had we had contact in the first fucking 58 seconds. Fucking Martinelli getting on the goal sheet inside a minute. Kevin, Arsenal, uh, we're going to get right off the bat. We are going to start this right away. The game was electric. The game was phenomenal. Goals all over the place. Saka getting two goals, ex- including a very, very composed penalty. Uh, Darwin Nunes and Firmino also getting on the goal sheet. But, Kevin, i got to start with you. Your team won. This, this, I said going into this game, this is, this is the test for Arsenal. Are they good enough to be considered in this conversation for a team that's in a title race? Uh, Kevin, tell me I'm wrong. I think they answered it with flying colors. Yeah, um, I do believe we need to work on the context of what it means to be in a title race. Yes, our Arsenal technically in the title race, being top of the table in early October. Sure, by all accounts, by the law of the lands, you can say that. (laughs) But the context around that, when you look at what the behemoth that Man City is, and which we've already discussed, I still think we're not close. But I will say it's fucking awesome. Awesome to be at the top of the table at the uh, beginning of October. It's awesome to beat Liverpool, a team that has bullied us for the past couple of years, pretty much through the whole Klopp era. They're a win here and there, but, you know, to beat Liverpool, to go into this knowing the narrative that would have come out if Liverpool would have beaten us, it would have been, oh, same old Arsenal, can't get it done against the big six. And, you know, that may come true when we do face Man City shortly or Chelsea, who we've always struggled against. But again, it's pretty awesome, especially seeing the youngsters like Saka and Martinelli uh, score against Liverpool to be flying and have this brand new mentality in order to show that, yeah, we can hang with the big dogs. This isn't a fluke. And that's what people would have said. It would have said if we would have lost this game or even drew whatever, it would have been a fluke that we were top of the table and Man City were just trying to work things out. So just uh, sum things up. It, it's it's great. It's awesome to beat Liverpool. Do I feel as though it is kind of a bittersweet victory based on some of the calls um, that Michael Oliver took into his own hands? Um, Yes. Do I think we could debate about some of those calls? Absolutely. And I think we're probably going to. But at the end of the day, I do think Arsenal uh, played enough to win that game or at least get a draw. I don't think we played in 
to lose that game. Yeah, it's it, it's nice. It's nice when you've gone through a rebuild, which Arsenal have definitely gone through a rebuild. There have been growing pains, but it looks like you guys are now on the opposite side of the tunnel where you're now starting to see the the fruits of your labor. And, you know, you have some absolute fucking gems. I mean, Saka is right now one of the best English players in world football. Uh, Martinelli is absolutely an, a gem for the price you got him. Odegaard is stepping in and probably, if not a top three central attacking midfielder for the Premier League, but easily a top 10 one across the world. And hell, that Gabriel Jesus guy you just spent money on, fuck it. It's working out. It's all good. So, and you have a very young defense. I mean, here, let me bring a stat up that I found out earlier today. And honestly, when when I did see it, it was absolutely fucking incredible. 18 of Arsenal's 28 goals this season has either been scored or assisted by someone 21 years or younger. Fuck me. That is impressive. So, um, JD, I want to flip it to you. I put a poll up on our Instagram earlier today with the replay of the very controversial penalty given uh, for Saka scoring the game-winning goal. Now, our fans literally... It's pretty one-sided. They believe 75% that that penalty called against Thiago was a penalty. What are you thinking? Well, that's because our fans are dumb. <laughs> Here at the EPL, boys, we love our fans. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, they, they just, everyone hates Liverpool, so it's obviously going to be that way. Um, I, I think, here, I'll put it this way. Liverpool actually played a decent game. Overall, Liverpool played well. Probably one of their best performances of the season, even in a loss. They were playing against Arsenal that are one of, well, I mean, they're the be- technically, statistically, they're the best team in the league because they're in first place. Um, I, the argument is obviously there for Manchester City, but they're one of the best teams in the, in the league. And Liverpool certainly are not one of the best teams in the league right now. So to go to the Emirates and play like Liverpool did, I think I think they, on the, on the basis of play, they deserve to play. Now, I will say, I wasn't expecting anything. I, ex- I expected an Arsenal win, and I guess I got that. The referee, Some of the refereeing decisions are just getting fucking egregious. I don't know if either of you guys saw that uh, Hawkeye or whatever, the uh, part of VAR, like the camera system, um, the company that does the cameras for like the lines for okay. VAR, came out and said on the opening goal, they were not able to determine whether or not Saka was offsides in the buildup to the first goal. So they had to go with the on-field referee's decision. Now, to me, that's bullshit. It's just like the call uh, for Aston Villa like three years ago during the, or well, two years ago during uh, the, uh, the COVID return where literally that saved Aston Villa staying in the Premier League when the ball was clearly over the line. I, I don't know if anybody remembers that because that was oh, ridiculous. How, how could you forget? That was ridiculous. That, you, the, the butterfly effect of that decision right there. I'm not saying that 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 is, gonna, that is happening here. I'm just saying it's the same companies coming out and saying we didn't have the camera angle. I'm sorry. I don't accept that response. That is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like... I just, I don't know. I, I saw it. I saw it live. It, it, it looked close. I'm not saying he was offside. I'm just saying it looked close and we didn't get a good look at it. I, I just, I don't know. It's, and then the, the commentators completely brushed over. They're like, oh, Martinelli, he's well onside. Well, that's not what, that's not what everyone's looking at right now. Like, I don't know. It, they, it was completely swept under. Then you have a no penalty on Gabriel, which nine out of 10 times is always a penalty. I mean, his his hands are almost above his head. Ball clearly ricochets off of it. I just, I, that, look, if they're not going to call that, you can't call the third one. You can't call the actual penalty. Like, you cannot call the Tiago penalty a penalty if you're not going to call the Gabriel one. I, I just, the consistency, it's, it's, it's egregious. It's, it's the consistency that bothers me. And it's not, it's not, honestly, I don't think it's sided in one way. I think it's just poor refereeing in general. Like, I, I don't know. And then, yeah, the penalty that was given, I, there's, sure, there's contact. Uh, does Gabriel Jesus need to get sniped from the top row? 
um, acting like he was literally shot? Probably not. And that probably led to, to the referee to, to do it. I, maybe he needs to go look at that at the monitor, you know, to make that, that monumental of a decision that literally decides a giant game. Maybe he should have a second look at the monitor, but no, Jesus is dead on the floor. I, of course, of course he was, you know, just absolutely destroyed by Tiago's foot. I, it, it's, it's getting ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> But good, good for Arsenal. I, I expected them to win. I'm not saying like take take two goals away, whatever. I I still don't think Liverpool win this game in any way. So I I I think more than likely, Arsenal still find a way to score goals in this game. There's no there's no questioning that. I I just I think I think Liverpool probably deserved a point. So one final question, JD, I have in your direction. Uh, it came out today that Luis Diaz picked up an injury that could see him out for the next 10 matches. That's post, oh, yeah. That is post the World Cup. Uh, how is Liverpool going to keep the goals and the offensive energy upcoming? Mo Salah has had a dip this year. Uh, Bobby Firmino, funny, not not funny enough, but funny enough, seems to be the offensive juggernaut for this Liverpool side at the moment. And Darwin Nunes is still coming into his own, being the newer guy on a newer team in a newer league. How do you expect Liverpool to play or set up going forward uh, with such important games coming up? Because they are currently, if I'm not mistaken, they are in, yeah, they're in 10th place. So for Liverpool, these are make or break for the whole season type games in the upcoming weeks. How are they going to set up without that left wing presence? Yeah, it, it's a big loss uh, for sure. I think Jota coming back to full fitness is good. So, um, and Firmino playing out of his mind at this point, especially in a liberal team that is not playing well. Firmino playing well is always good. Darwin Nunez is, I, I still don't know yet. I mean, he looks good sometimes. He looks terrible sometimes. I don't know. Salah's invisible, but at the same time, he's also playing a more withdrawn role. So I I, I don't know. The, they, it's Losing Diaz is a huge loss. Don't get me wrong. But Kev, uh, can you confirm? I don't know if you can confirm. Was it Thomas Partey that assaulted uh, Luis Diaz? Because that would that would make sense. Um, I don't know, but haha. I, th- I think I remember it was Thomas Party. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I, I just, uh, my perspective from the neutral, both of you guys have made your points on uh, Kevin, why Arsenal are now on the up. JD explaining why Liverpool have been a little bit down. Uh, I took both pros and cons away from both of these teams. Um, Number one, my biggest concern with Arsenal is putting away teams like Liverpool who are struggling at the moment. Liverpool were allowed to linger in this game and that you shouldn't take anything away from Liverpool. Uh, For Arsenal, there is a lot of exciting going on right now and I'm all for it. I want to see the Premier League is good when Arsenal are good. It's the same thing Mm. in football when the Cowboys and the Steelers are good. Football's good. When the Yankees and the Dodgers are good, baseball's good. When the biggest names in your league are good it's good for everyone it's good storylines which gets more eyes to it but as well for liverpool to flip it klopp's got to start to dig in and he's gonna have to start maybe changing how he approaches these games uh, the blitzkrieg football that he's used to playing the high press the the always energy 90 minutes of sprinting he might have to adapt to that because of the weaknesses he currently has in the back line his inconsistency from his midfield and now his lack of depth up front it's going to be an interesting tell and as i've said now multiple times on this episode these next few weeks are going to be massive, but let's move on to the final game of Sunday. Everton won, Manchester United two. Uh, I will take the lead on this, being the only Manchester United fan here. Um, yeah, when a Wobies goal went in the fifth minute, I was putting my head through a wall. I was like, oh, here we go. Another game United should win, and they're going to fuck it up. But you know what? I'll give all credit where credit's due. Manchester United took that first goal on the chin, and they fucking looked really really good from that point forward um being the better team in every statistic and overall just during the game good um i'm just gonna throw this out there that i believe the anthony deal is working out 
Yep, three goals in three games. He's the first Manchester United player in the club's history to score three goals in his first three appearances. And Kevin, I'm going to talk about this man. I don't know if you've heard of him. His name, um, Christian Christian Roldan. Christian Roldan scored in the 44th minute. Apparently, he scored a few of these. Um, yeah, he's been known. I think it's now number 700 for... Uh... For club, right? So yes, yeah, seven hundred goals for club for Cristiano Ronaldo. You no, know, and I think it was not only an important goal, uh, record-wise, historical-wise. I think it was a big goal for him this season, man. He's had a really, really tough season trying to work his way back in Eric Ten Hag's, you know, uh, starting eleven. And I feel as though like this was crucial for that. And also, like I, I don't think you mentioned, but like the Martial injury is another concern as well. Like an- another one. Like, I'm not yeah. trying to be DJ Khaled right now, but no. another one, like, come on, dude. Like, I, I, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just feel as though, like, everyone's like, he can't work in the system. He can't work in the system. He can't work in the system. But seeing him celebrate doing that, like, sleeping celebration goal with uh, Anthony, like, that was sick. And, like, you know, as much as I want to hate Man United, like, it's hard not to respect greatness like Cristiano Ronaldo and see him scoring, getting that 700 goal. And I've definitely posted a lot of shitty memes <laughs> about the guy this year, talking a lot of shit about, you know, starting on the bench each season, his heat zone, his heat map is on the bench, you know. And I feel as though, like, that was such a crucial goal in, you know, his efforts and trying not only to secure a spot in the starting 11 and also like, you know, securing a spot this January. Like, you know, there's a lot of teams who are trying to start different projects or, or at a certain point where Ronaldo kind of wouldn't fit into them right now. And I think him getting more goals, him working with Eric Ten Hag will help him move on this January. That's what everyone is saying to a club that I think he is still a very proficient and great poacher and goal scoring machine. Kevin, I couldn't have said that better if I tried. Uh, yeah, Anthony Martial being hurt really kills me because Anthony Martial under Eric Ten Hag, he's averaging better goals per minute than Holland at the moment. Ice cold, baby. Ice but cold like, Martial. Like, it just, it breaks my heart. This guy can't stay healthy. It really, because he, God, is he fucking good. But is he JD, the, um, real quick, sorry, is he the Dembele of uh, Manchester yes. United? Like, yeah, oh, the he, potential's there, but just always yeah. injured? These damn French players, the potential's through the roof. You just can't get them to fucking play for more than 10 minutes. Um, JD, I know it's it's hard to talk about Manchester United doing well, but outside of one bad performance against City, they have four wins out of five. Um, points per game would have them basically right now almost in third if they win their game in hand. I'm not going to lie, JD, this Manchester United team, it's good. They're having a good start. Some of the newer pieces are coming into place. How long do you think that could last with the new manager? Yeah, I mean, they have had a good season so far. I This game specifically, I mean, you're playing Everton. Um, the way United have started the season, you should be beating Everton. I say that being as Liverpool drew Everton, and that's the way Liverpool have been this whole season. Cristiano Ronaldo, um, you know, overreaction. Uh, he's on a Ballon d'Or shortlist at this point. Um, after Is that he? goal, uh, yeah, yeah. After after that goal, are you kidding me? Oh my god, he's back. He's back, baby. A new ten year contract in <laughs> for Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer after this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring bring Ollie back. Bring uh, Ollie no. back. Ten year contract. <laughs> no, I I just I I think United need to. They definitely need to get rid of Ronaldo in January. That needs to happen now. Injury-wise, Mar- you're right. Martial is very injury-prone, so I. It depends. I my I still think they need to get rid of Ronaldo, but at the same time, if Martial is going to be this injury-prone, that'll be a tough one. Where if Ronaldo can stay fit, I, you know he's guaranteed a few goals. So I, I don't know. I going forward though, I you can't like, I've said it a million times. I don't know why United brought Ronaldo back. He's doing nothing for the rebuild. He's doing nothing for the rebuild. Now, are they doing it around him at this point this season? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it looks good. It looks good for United. So I, maybe maybe there's a way that they can do it around Cristiano Ronaldo. Not around based around him, but have him still be there. I don't know. I don't know, man. It, this sucks. This sucks. Liverpool in 10th. United doing decent. I, I hate it. I fucking hate it. 
Oh, how the turntables. Um, hey, man, at least the union are doing well. <laughs> we don't have enough time for this. Um, yeah, I'm going to be 100% straightforward. I'm going to throw a name out to you, too, and I want an instant reaction. Saying Cristiano Ronaldo does leave the club in January. LAFC. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not team, not team. No, Inter no, no, Miami. No, no. Play, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Inter Miami, yeah, 100%. Player, no, I'm saying player coming to United. Player coming to United. Ivan Tony. Just oh, I, would hate, I would hate that because that's a good that's a good shout. That'd I would be, hate that. That'd be, that'd be really good. No, no, no. I, I, I'm right there. Like When I saw him score that hat trick earlier this year against um, – do you guys remember who he scored that against? Uh, uh, I don't remember actually. Too much Premier League in my head. I can't think straight. Um, it was like it was like three or four matches ago, but yeah, I watched that yeah, live. Hold on, I'm I'm looking, I'm looking. Um, while you're looking up, but I remember watching that, being like, man, he just feels as though he should be at a bigger club based on that, because the goals they weren't just happens or penalties, um, which are also oh, fine. That free, yeah, it was Brent, it was Brentford or uh, Brentford versus Leeds. It was Leeds. Um, Leeds, yeah. But yeah, that that free um, kick. Oh my god, that free kick. Yeah, in that game. Oh. No, every goal felt like a highlight itself. Like any of them could have been like uh, a goal of the month. And I was like, man, just sitting there going, you should be like at least at like uh, a West Ham or a, I don't know, like um, I guess Newcastle now. But yeah, no, I, I Man United, that'd be that'd be incredible. Because I think if Man United, if you have if if someone comes knocking for Cristiano Ronaldo's services and a deal can be set in place. And Manchester United, you're gonna have money in the pot. You're gonna have money in your pocket now because all of that wages you're not spending on Cristiano Ronaldo. You can probably get Ivan Tony for forty on a January move, forty maybe fifty million euros. Yeah, you're probably gonna pay 40, the probably. English tax. Yeah, because you're gonna yeah, say you're, gonna, you're gonna pay an English tax. I get it, but Ivan Tony is a proven, stays healthy, can work in good systems. He's young enough where Ten Hag can get his kind of fingerprints all over him to work in his system. I, I just, it's been, it's been a name that's been thrown out into the universe. And I just wanted to see what your opinions were, but um, we're going to go on to the final game. It was a Monday kickoff, Nottingham forest one Aston Villa one Dennis and Ashley young. Yes. Ashley young boys and girls still knows how to put the ball on the net, getting on the goal sheet for this game. I'll, I'll be honest with you, gentlemen. I watched bits and pieces of this game today at work was a little bit hectic. So I watched like little things in five or 10 minute increments. Um, this game kind of dragged. Uh, there really wasn't like the most going on. It was definitely a physical game. Uh, the ref was very busy in this contest. I'll give him that. But uh, JD, I'll have you start this one off first. Are there really any taking points away from this contest? Um, not really. It's weird to see Ashley Young on the score sheet. Um, and I completely forgot Emmanuel Dennis <laughs> went uh, switched from Watford to Nottingham Forest. Um, I guess it's not surprising because Nottingham Forest bought fucking so many people this summer. But I completely forgot. I, I don't remember him playing in any other games this season. I might completely be wrong. He may, he may have played in all of them. But I was more thinking uh, I was more thinking of uh, Brennan Johnson and Taiwo Awoni. But I wouldn't he didn't even fucking play, and I'm pissed for my fantasy team. But Manuel Dennis, I rated him as a player uh, all last season. I thought he was great for Watford, uh, just in a shitty Watford team. Um, so it's good to see him getting on the score sheet. And then, like I said, Ashley Young, what the fuck? Like, what? That's so weird. In 2022, <coughs> it is so fucking weird to see him. Like, nothing against him personally, just it's so odd to see him on a score sheet in the Premier League. So I, I don't know. Yeah, this game kind of sucks. Yeah. And then, and Kevin, one final question uh, and kind of to also kind of emphasize and wrap up the episode. Uh, Nottingham Forest, this is kind of where we all expected Nottingham Forest to be, but this is not where we expected Ash, uh, Aston Villa to be. This is now starting to get into crunch time with Steven Gerrard. He has been backed financially. He has his guys. He has his stars on this team. It, in your opinion, how much longer can Aston Villa really go with Steven Gerrard if these are the results that continue to happen? Um, quick story, and this I, I swear this will be a part of this. So I went up to a bachelor party this weekend with one of my best friends, Ricky. I'm going to be officiating his wedding with this gorgeous uh, 
partner, Kalen. Um, and I drove up there with one of my best friends, Paul. Now, Paul is the important part of this. He is the most diehard Aston Villa fan there ever is. I went to his wedding, also officiated that. Humble brag. But his wedding had an Aston Villa wedding cake, which they cut into. This guy has been through the ringer with Aston Villa four years as an American. Um, when they were in the championship just a few years ago, I remember uh, their playoff match was during the Champions League final of Liverpool versus Real Madrid when Real Madrid won and Hurt Salah did the bicycle kick. He didn't watch that with us, even though we were doing a live podcast for lads that day. He was watching that instead, and he was screaming and yelling, and they didn't end up winning that playoff match. Just to say, I have a, a very close friend who is the most diehard Villa fan who I spent the whole weekend with, and I kept asking about, like, what do you think about CVG and all this? He wants him gone. He wants him gone out of the club. Fuck this guy, CVG. We just got him because of the name. And that's all he kept saying is like, yeah, he had this great spurt. But a lot of managers have that first couple matches where they spur and they look great. But if you look at his record, you look at his tactics and everything that this guy is doing, he's been giving a he's been given a lot of money. He's brought in a lot of players. And the time is coming down to like where Villa understands that they don't want to go back because they understand how hard it is to be relegated what it means and how much it can affect the club financially, emotionally for the fans and what it can do. So I don't think this lasts much longer. And thank you for humbling me. Let me talk about my buddy, Paul, because I I feel, I think he'd appreciate it. (laughs) Well, Paul, if you are listening, if you happen to catch this, Hey, all for you, honestly, really, really cool uh, to see like fans of, you know, and that's the, and and that's going to lead us into our final thing, which is, being able to see fans of all different teams and different cultures. And honestly, it's going to be so much fun. Um, As JD has been mentioning now for the past few weeks, Kevin from lads podcast will be there himself. We will all be hanging out. We will be promoting the fuck out of all of our podcasts, asking people really awesome questions. So if you are going to be there and you see us, please very, very much so. Do not be shy. Walk up to us, talk to us, hang out with us. That is the entire point of the Fan Fest. We cannot wait to see every last one of you who will be there. Kevin, as we wrap up and we start to do the outro, please, everyone already follows you, but just in case there's that one listener who doesn't, please plug away where they can find you and Martin and the rest of the lads team. Yeah, thank you guys so much for coming on. I am a bit sick, so I hope I did a good job. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Lads Podcast. You can find us on all the, you know, Apple, Spotify, whatever. Anywhere where you listen to podcasts, we're on there. Uh, Loud Americans discussing soccer. You just put in Lads, we'll pop up. And uh, yeah, I've been trying to do more with the Twitter. I'll do it like one weekend here and there. But if you want to follow us on Twitter for occasional tweets, just Lads underscore podcast. So I think that's about it. So thanks, guys, for having me. This is a lot of fun. Hey, you are in our eyes the godfather to everything that <laughs> goes on, at least in our realm. So we will we will we will kick it off now. JD, you and I will be seeing each other in a couple of nights, and I'm extremely happy to see that. It's always good when JD and I can get in the same room and it's like it's kind of funny because like we chat, we do chat, but it's not the same when we're in the same room chatting. So there is shenanigans aplenty this weekend and I cannot wait, but guys until next time, we want you to be safe. We want you to be well, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace out. The boys are back in town. The boys are back in town.